0: Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 734 with Drew DeLotter. I guess uh, the big draw
1: for the concept was you know, you hear a lot of restaurant tours talk about opening a restaurant that they would want to eat at what's the place i want to eat at what's the place i want to hang out at but we i guess took it a little step further it's like what's the place i want to work at like yeah it's like i don't want to wear a suit <laughs> like so let's just do something super casual where i could just wear jeans and a t-shirt and then we're then we're finally like well why can't i serve a fine dining five course tasting menu wearing jeans and a t-shirt who says i can't
0: <laughs> like are you ready for it? it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatori in and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Find out why Toast POS is the number one recommended restaurant POS system on restaurants unstoppable. If you're going to survive this upcoming recession, you have got to adapt. And you can't just adapt. You have to adapt fast. With Toast's cloud-based restaurant POS, your system will update to evolve along with changing industry trends and guest expectations. To learn more, head over to toasttab.com unstoppable. And because you are restaurant unstoppable listeners, for a limited time, you will get one month free POS software, three months of free digital ordering tools, and 50% off implementation to ease the impact of COVID-19. This is a value of $1,000, but you've got to use our links. What's going on, Unstoppables? Before I let you know what we got going on today, I just want to remind you that it's really important. If you want to get up to $2,000 worth of incentives from Toast, then you've got to use links our link toasttabcom slash unstoppable. If you have made contact with toast or you got a demo with toast or you talked to one of toast's bots, then they're going to assume that you did not learn about toast through restaurant unstoppable. So right now, if you're looking to make a change in your business with your POS or if you're looking to open a restaurant and you want to go with toast POS and you want the best deal out there up to $2,000 worth of incentives, then again, head to toast slash unstoppable. Do it right now. Just get on their radar with that link and you'll get the best deal. So today we have Drew DeLauder joining us. So Drew uh, is one of the partners over at St. Germain. And St. Germain came on my radar through Diego, Chef Diego over at Mishly in San Antonio. And it was actually Trey Smith that Chef Diego put on my radar. And Trey is partner's with Drew. So you see how it's all coming together and I actually interviewed Trey first. I'm not sure why we chose to publish Drew first. I don't think it really matters. They're both incredible people. Uh, but whenever we have partners uh, multiple people who are in a business and they're all working in the business or a part of the business I love to get multiple people on the show to get that perspective to find out how they 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 you know land into they fall into their lanes and how together they 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 work through the partnership uh, and because I feel like today you can't do it without help you you to be truly competitive you, you need to attract onto yourself the best and I feel like the best one equity the best one percentage of the, of the business so it makes sense so uh, today we're talking to Drew some really great takeaways came from today's chat I love how humble Drew is and there's a couple times I was just trying to get out of Drew what it is he brings to the table and he, he couldn't put his finger on it so I actually asked Trey at the end of our recording I was like Trey what is it about Drew that you guys love so much And Trey's response was trust. We can just trust that Drew will do the job, that anything we throw at him, he can handle it. And I think there's just so much value in trust. You cannot underestimate the significance of trust. So be a trustworthy person. I think it was one of the biggest takeaways from this episode. And again, humility is just so invaluable. And just being a good person, being a fun person to be around is something that i picked up from just being in Drew's company and recording this episode. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Here it is. It's a good one. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Drew DeLauder. My man, are you feeling unstoppable today? Yes. Yes, that is what we like to hear. So St. Germain was created by Drew DeLauder, Chef Blake Alligard, and uh, Chef Trey Smith, Drew and Trey. Did I call you Chef Drew DeLotter? In no, I don't think so. All right. I'm just going to keep this in there. Who cares? You guys can laugh at me if you want. Yeah, yeah, uh, and so. Trey, Trey met in 2008, uh, Sorry, Drew and Trey met in 2008 at the Culinary uh, Institute of America, Hyde Park. They both moved to New Orleans after school. Drew worked at Susan Spicer's Bayona Bayona. Bayona. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Restaurant working his way up to a captain, gaining valuable service experience as well as wine and spirit knowledge. Uh, Smith went to work for Chef Michael Gulata at Restaurant August, where he met and worked alongside Blake. Now, the three of you have come together. I know that um, a few of you were traveling in Europe. I believe it was you. or No, it was Blake with um, Trey were traveling. You were, stay, you were in uh, New Orleans that entire time? Uh, actually, yeah, I
1: very briefly moved to uh, Nashville for a moment. Okay.
0: I'm sure we'll yeah. get into that too then. Um, then you guys came back together to open St. Germain. That was in 2000. Uh, End of 2018. 2018. So you guys are in your second year. That's yeah. right. All right. So I can't wait to get into your side of the story, but let's sure. get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, the one thing I think about was uh, uh, during our renovations and just overall concept, we. Decisions we made, we based off our decisions off of uh, the idea of we wouldn't do anything out of fear or greed. So we were, if if we were wanting to make a decision based off something, if it was like out of fear or greed, we're like, eh, let's not do that. That's
0: a good rule. And yeah. I think it kind of protects you on both sides. Right, right, exactly. That reactive side of like, we just need to get an answer or we need something because we don't want this to happen. That's right. a fear-based decision. Right. And then on the flip side, things are so great you know let's how can we make even more money or do we need more like how yeah. like
1: or just making any sort of compromise of oh we, you know somebody wants to pay us a lot of money to this party we don't really want to do it so we're not
0: yeah <laughs> and there you go uh, awesome. or
1: you know whatever the case may be we we but even like before we opened we didn't want to with the concept as a whole to be like oh we can make more money if we do it this way yeah. Well let's not worry about that let's just do what we want to do would
0: you call that a core value yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. It's so important to have these things. Do you have it written down someplace? No. Ooh. Uh but it's so important to at least have these conversations, sure. right? Absolutely. Because you, when it comes time to make those hard decisions, like you've already, you've already made your decision. Sure. You've already committed it down that that's your center line. That's your, that's your guiding star, right? Right. I love it. Um. So where does it make sense to start telling your story? When did you know this was going to be your path? Oh, I don't know. Uh,
1: I don't think anybody ever decides this is their path. <laughs> yeah, the
0: guy gets sucked
1: in. Yeah, it's like, oh well, I guess I don't know how to do anything yeah. else. You did go to culinary school, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. must
0: have knew known somewhere. So
1: yeah, I guess uh uh so those are restaurants I was work I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. A uh, restaurant I worked at for a few years there. Uh I there I worked Everything I, I was a server, I was a bartender, I was a line cook. Uh, the only job i didn 't do ever there was the valley Parker okay uh, so I did a little bit of everything and I just enjoyed it and this was while I was uh, failing a lot of classes in junior college okay and, but I just and i didn 't know what I wanted to do when I grew up, so uh, I just suddenly hit me that I enjoyed the job I had. Why do you enjoy it uh well, at that time, I just really enjoyed. Every day was something different. You know, uh, uh, literally doing something different every day. Like uh, there'd be one day a week I was working as a prep cook. The next day I was working as you know on the hotline. Uh, the next day I'm serving. The next day I'm bartending. And
0: so it's always moving. It's always so it's just always something different. Yeah.
1: And uh, as a young twenty year old restaurant employee, I working at a fine dining restaurant where everybody. I was the weak link at every job, but I was the only person that knew how to do every job. Yeah. Uh, so all <laughs> a of a jack sudden, of all, yeah, so all of a sudden, like people, utility player, everybody that was better than me at everything. <laughs> like nobody was better than me at everything though. Uh, so it was like suddenly being appreciated by someone that's really good at one thing.
0: I think it's good to have that employee. If you have that employee that's on your team, that person that is like the utility player that like, sure. like call an audible, move this person over there. Like, we got Drew on tonight. Like yeah. He can handle anything. You know, just so it gave in me there.
1: a sense of place as a young kid.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Um, so then I decided to go to culinary school just because if I'm going to be in a restaurant industry, let's go. But then I'll, I graduated and realized, oh, I don't want to actually cook. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't, don't want to do that, actually.
0: So you went to the culinary school. Yeah. I know this is where you met your partner, Trey. Right. Uh, you don't know Blake at this point, right?
1: No, no. Uh, so uh, Trey met Blake. Uh, as soon as we graduated and moved to new orleans uh trey started working in august and blake started working in august literally the same week
0: okay so before we get into culinary so school, they were
1: both hired at the same time and then however many months later i met blake through trey gotcha gotcha
0: so um before we get into your experience of culinary school i'm curious this restaurant you're working at is there one individual that stands out somebody that you respect and admired and kind of uh was there a
1: relationship with this person sure i mean uh yeah, I mean the, the chef owner of that restaurant, uh yeah, you know, he kind of I don't want to say like befriended me or necessarily became my mentor, but he was someone I certainly tried to impress. Why? I don't know. He was cool.
0: Yeah. What made him cool?
1: <laughs> uh he was actually a, a former NFL football player. Okay. Uh he was, you know, uh i don't know just a cool guy it was, he was a fun guy to be around he made it fun but
0: you, fi- you figure anybody who makes it to that level of um the nfl professional sure. football right like that's a special individual that that person has discipline that person has a level of intelligence that you need to play at that oh, sure, level absolutely so what was it about this person that did, aside from the fact that like the coolness effect of the fact sure. that he was in the nfl like what was it that drew him to you, or you to him
1: uh i don't really know uh necessarily uh you know, he was the kind of guy that just uh, walked into a room and he knew he owned that room. Yeah. Like he just had that swag. Nice. That I had never seen before.
0: I'd take that. So um, you're on your path. You, you know that you, you, you love this industry in the sense that like there's so many things that it's so random any day and you love being the utility player. You decide that maybe you might want to be a chef. You Go to culinary school. Sure. Um, you already mentioned that you decided that you didn't want to be a chef after culinary right. school. But were there any mentors there that made a big impression on you?
1: Like in school? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, it was uh, just because at, at the CIA, it's, it's in a good and bad way. You, I personally didn't, didn't uh, have anybody like that worked there that became a mentor because you're there in each class for three weeks at a time. So you're there every day for three weeks in one class, and then three weeks later you're working for somebody else. So you don't really like. Yes, yeah, there's not longevity in knowing someone there.
0: Any big lessons that you didn't have? I mean, you probably learned a ton about food, but what about life, business? Any key lessons? Oh, uh, the from that
1: the huge thing that culinary school taught me was uh, just professionalism.
0: Mm. What is professionalism?
1: Uh, well, I mean, there is like uh, you know, working in the restaurants I worked at in Mississippi. No offense to any of them, but. It wasn't until I got to the CIA where it's like, uh, you know, just the things of, uh, uh, you know, don't wear your chef coat to a bar after work. Yeah. Change clothes. (laughs) Like, why is that important? uh, I mean, it's just, uh, uh, I mean, it's just professional. Yeah. (laughs) It shows a
0: level of of enough, right? Yeah. It's
1: just, uh, or just like, uh, you know, I remember I got in trouble at the CIA. Chef came over and yelled at me because I had just a pot sitting on my cutting board. And he was like, That's not how you do it. Just a pot sitting there. Yeah, the I, you know, I was doing whatever, plating something up, set the pan down on the cutting board and he uh, It's like, Hey man, like you don't do that.
0: So why don't you do that?
1: Well it's kind of gross, first yeah. of all. <laughs> uh, but but just in terms of just respecting the, the yeah. tools of the trade and have, doing things the proper way. But but also I mean like you would you would straight up just get in trouble if you were seen like wearing a chef coat yeah out of the oh, bar or or like wearing your toke uh, through the hallway or whatever the case may be. Right. So you graduate the so it was more, I guess, uh, military kind yeah. of avant-garde. style of,
0: yeah. of. Is that the the right? Not avant-garde. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, what's that word for they use in the military for? Uh, Brigade is the word yeah. I was looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, Brigade. Thank you. Um, so uh, you, you decide that you're going to get out of, or you're going you know, to you graduate. Uh, you're not going to be working behind the line anymore. You have this draw to the front of house. What was it that drew you to the front of house?
1: Uh, I guess it was uh, during my externship in the middle of culinary school where I just knew I was not going to be a chef.
0: What what made you know?
1: Uh, well, the restaurant I was working at, actually me and Trey were both working there together um, at Stella, which is a restaurant no longer here, but uh, closed a few years ago. But, uh, you know, you just look around at the, the sous chefs that are there and knowing how much better they are than me and how hard they work constantly it was more of a thing of like hey i can make as much if not more money doing half the hours yeah like, just to be honest no i love the honesty
0: yeah. and honestly like honestly I can some resonate. of my
1: best friends including trade like uh uh you know they're the kind of guys that like you just know someone like they could not be happy doing anything but cooking and i can be happy doing A lot lot of things.
0: (laughs) No, but what you're saying does resonate with me in particular because I was a commercial pilot before this. Oh, cool. And what you're saying is echoing with me, this mentality of I was surrounded by people that just like ate, slept, did everything aviation. Like they're plane nerds, like aviation nerds. And I was just like, I don't get it. You know, right. like to me, like this is a job, and like I was never fully passionate, and I never, like you said, like I never felt like I had like that natural born skill to do the thing, right? You know, and why do something that you're not born to do? Yeah, I mean, it's not Trey, rewarding.
1: Trey went to law school before doing exactly. this, exactly. So it's right? like he. He knew he would never be happy as an attorney yeah. and would only be happy cooking food.
0: Yeah. So you make this decision. Uh, I, good for you. On, you know, good on you for making that decision. I sure. think a lot of people are afraid to swallow their pride or they're too prideful to quit right, right, right. or they're afraid that what will it say about me if I can't hack it? Like, fuck that shit. Be happy. I, you know.
1: I think you're being too generous to me.
0: <laughs> but no, no, I'm not. I, I, but I think it's important because, like I, like I said, I truly resonate with yeah. that because I went through sure, it myself. Sure, sure. Um, and I think more people need to be honest with themselves. It's okay if you're not... The the thing that you thought you were going to do turns out right, not right. to be your thing. You're doing more damage resisting finding the right track than you are just sticking with it. You sure. know. So um, anyway, um, so you make this decision to to get away from back of house. Um, were you completely sold on the front of house at this time? Did it take some convincing, or what, what was going on?
1: Uh, I don't know if I was sold, but it, uh, it was certainly uh, the thing I was very. Excited about was to dive into the world of wine and spirits and cocktails, and, yeah, and just learn a thing, yeah, uh, or or learn more about a thing than I had already. So uh, much more so than I guess technically just waiting tables or bartending it was just actually to to learn the information. Yeah, was I mean,
0: you got on board with a great restaurant, a uh, great restaurant tour. You got to uh, work under Susan Spicer, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a local legend here, right? Sure. Um, so what did you what did you learn from from this restaurant tour?
1: uh well uh the the big thing that drew me there was I knew they did a uh, a wines class there okay so i I don't know if it's still necessarily the same structure but at the time it was uh every Wednesday. you know the staff is basically required to go in uh you sit in their wine room for about an hour for lecture tastings and you just do something different every single week. Yeah, every, and,
0: so you're a different tasting every week. Yeah, same time every week. Yeah, I think I mean you know. Well,
1: it would go in like seasons. so It would be every week for like you know two and a half months. Then you wouldn't do it for a couple months. Then back to it a you know. So it would be seasonally, uh, I guess.
0: So what's the significance of doing something like this for your team? Why is this powerful?
1: Well, for them, uh, it was it was super important because uh, they have very large wine lists. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, if. If you don't know all of it, you don't know any of it yeah it's not like you can just like, "Oh, let me just pick a few wines I can talk about it's like you're not going to be able to talk about any of it if you can't talk about all of
0: it. so what was the program like if you got hired there as a server, what did they do to empower their team to make sure that they could learn all the wines?
1: Sure, I mean well, they definitely have the uh, the, the team service there of you know your front waiter back waiter system okay. so, so you definitely start off as a back waiter and you know that person doesn't necessarily. They don't expect that person to do it all. There's so.
0: more running food, right, uh, right, right. Kind of like a bar back, right? The yeah, uh,
1: uh, you know, pre-setting silverware in between courses, and yeah. you know, all that.
0: Cool. Um, but uh, back to this topic of empowering your people. So, part of what I'm getting from you is that they don't hire you right away into that lead role. So they, right. so you have time. To get training to learn the menu, sure. But what? How did they teach the menu? What was did they have like a a test, or was there just a ah, notebook that, that not you had really. access I mean,
1: to? We it wasn't really like a uh, crazy testing there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're just constantly, you know, called on. Okay. Like, uh, no right or wrong answers. Just like, hey, Drew, what do you think of this wine? Or, yeah. Which one of the ones you tasted do you think you can sell?
0: Why is that important? Just to have dialogue.
1: Uh Oh, well, I mean. I think being able to actually talk about something is yep. better than being able to just write down the right answer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the wine is a living thing. So it's like, and it's an emotional thing too. It's a personal thing. It's a biased thing. So it's not like a right or wrong. It's just what, what do you feel?
0: Yeah. But I just love this mentality around education. I guess sure. is what I'm getting at is you have an obligation. If you have an expectation from your team, then you have an obligation to help them meet that expectation, right, right? Right, right. And having weekly time set aside where you're setting aside time to educate is so important. Sure. Um, what else did you, did you learn from from this team? And uh, I mean, I'm ass- I'm assuming it was a high touch. Yeah. I'm not really super familiar with uh, that restaurant, to be honest.
1: Sure, sure, sure. Uh, well, uh, another thing that's unique for that restaurant versus other restaurants I've worked at is, you know, it's a fine dining restaurant that also does you know pretty good volume so you know you gotta gotta hustle while you're there but still you know uh i don't know i guess be
0: hustle but the entire time hustle but not at the expense of quality right exactly yeah how do you do that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, uh, you just uh, i don't know (laughs) no i feel i think some people will have it or they don't yeah it's,
1: it's literally a uh I don't know. It's just a comfort level that you get from yeah. repetition. I guess I don't know.
0: Was there a key mentor at this restaurant that influenced you, or a key person? I I, I loved everybody there. Yeah,
1: honestly, like uh, just yeah, you know, really good uh, uh, family environment. Really.
0: What what made it like that? Like paint that picture of what a good family environment is.
1: I don't know. A bunch of misfits. <laughs> just keeping everybody sane. I don't know.
0: Yeah. So it was just the, a culture of a good time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But any advice on like how to maintain that?
1: From me or from
0: them? Just reflect, like, from you and them, from your, uh, your experience of observing how they did things and from your own experience.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, another thing that was hard there uh, uh, or uh, that something to learn from is, uh, for me, was the menu changed every single day. Okay. Or I shouldn't say the whole menu, but half the menu literally changed every single day. So you had to show up and, like, learn a new menu every single day.
0: Every single day. Every what? day. What were some of the tricks they taught you on how to learn a menu? Well, there was a,
1: a certain, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, structure to the menu. So you knew there was always going to be a scallop appetizer of some sort. So it's not like, or the, you, there would be a, a salad of some sort. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever your, a seafood entree, a, a meat entree. So you knew you kind of the structure of what it all was going to be. But,
0: so I mean, in a way, so like you know that the general framing of the menu wasn't going to change, so you could use the staple categories as right. your memory tool. Right. So you could do association. So like, there's going to be a, a seafood plate, re- seafood reminder. Today's plate is so like it's not just like you're m- remembering a random seafood plate. Sure like you can a- associate that with a, a top or like a, a title. I mean, there's a word But for also that, you get
1: used mix. to uh, looking like you know what you're talking about without knowing what you're talking about. How do you do that?
0: <laughs> I do confidence? Yeah, I
1: guess uh yeah. I guess uh, okay. The fake it till you make it mentality, I guess. I feel
0: you. Um, were, were there any other restaurants from your time, um, from Susan Spicer's to opening this place, that you think really had the biggest impact? I know you, you eventually were a captain for Susan Spicer. Yeah, you?
1: I mean, they had uh, more of a... Uh, they didn't really have what they called a captain. It was more of a front waiter, back waiter kind of kind of system. But yeah, so,
0: so we're, does that mean you were a front waiter?
1: Yeah, I mean, okay. or I did both. I mean, everybody did both for the most part. You guys
0: kind of utilize that approach here, don't you? I know you guys were not. Uh, no,
1: not what, really. But, uh, I mean, kinda, I guess. I mean, we just have our entire staff is three people. That's right. <laughs> so but, it's like, uh, but you
0: do have somebody who does like the pre- presentation, right? Or do you guys, How do you guys set that up?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess it is like a team service, but it's not. I don't know. It's, I guess it's a unique situation. I'm taking here. here, man. Yeah, I'm trying so, to get some nuggets. So yeah, uh, uh, so we we usually always have someone bartending. Um, we have someone in the dining room. And then we have myself and Trey and Blake. And yeah. uh, yeah. So I mean, we all just kind of do it together.
0: I love that approach. I, yeah. I'm going to put that in the back burner because I'm kind of curious to learn how we can leverage the benefits of that approach. Sure. Um, but before we get into current time stuff, like any other key restaurants, key experiences, um, points of evolution for yourself. Sure. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. Uh, so you, well, you, I, I will say a point of evolution for myself was when Mofo opened. Uh, okay. So, so did you
0: leave Susan Spicer's restaurant and go straight to Mofo, or were you working in other places
1: before? Uh, well, I, I worked at, at Bayona for two years. Then I actually moved to Nashville for a That's year. That's right. You mentioned that.
0: Yeah. Um, so why make the move? What was going on? It sounds like you're at a great restaurant, great culture, I know, great I was,
1: Uh. Well, I was living and working in the French Quarter. Uh so when you live and work in the French quarter, you never leave like a one mile radius. Yeah. So like you never leave. Like you're just there. Yeah. And what was that I guess lifestyle I, like? I guess that I mean it was fine. Yeah. Uh, I can but, see
0: how it wouldn't be fine for some people. Sure. Was a I mean, lot of
1: temptation. It, but that's the thing, it's just uh you get burned out after a couple of years. So it was yeah. like one of those things of like Not that I was burned out with New Orleans as a whole, but I'm like, you know what? I just need a change of scenery for a minute.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. So you chose uh, Nashville as a calm city to go to and hang out. So so, uh, when you were going, did you have a lead there? Did you know what restaurant you were going to? Uh, No, not at all. Okay.
1: So you just went. I love it. Uh, Where'd you end up? Uh, I worked at a restaurant called Watermark.
0: Okay. Yeah. So what was it about Watermark? Uh, Was it just the first place that you applied or...
1: Uh, I did a little research, I guess. But, it, yeah, it was it was the one and only place I applied at. But it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it.
0: What was it about them that made you lean into this place?
1: I don't know if I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Honestly, it was a vacation for it, me. Sometimes it the, the it big... wasn't seeking out, like, a new, like... No, I feel you. Motivation. It was just avoiding motivation. Sometimes
0: when I have interviews, the the lesson isn't always so obvious. Yeah. Right? But what I'm getting from you, like, well, there's this underlying like lesson of just like, cat like the, like the cool, calm, collected, casual, um and just you know taking opportunities as they come, sure. and just kind of being grateful for what you got.
1: So yeah, it was uh, a th- well, I go back to Bayona for a minute, so I. So actually, I was in Nashville for a year. Then I come back to New Orleans, and I was just completely broke when I came back to
0: New Orleans. Why? Oh, broke like no money, just no money. Yeah. Okay, not like yeah. broken like soul. <laughs> My emotion was <laughs> <Yeah>. shattered. <laughs> uh,
1: no, so I came back to New Orleans, didn't have any money really. Uh, so I, I, I wasn't necessarily planning on it. I'm not trying to avoid it or anything, but I wasn't planning on. I was trying to do something different, but I went back to it just because I needed. I didn't have time to like train somewhere. Like I just need to make money today.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So I
1: went back to Bayona and uh, was working there again. But uh, the thing is, is like Bayona is an old restaurant that's been there, you know, since the early '90s. And a lot of the the people there, the management, the bartenders, the sommeliers, they had all been there for ten years. So there was no growth yeah. for me to have there. So that lack of potential growth didn't always motivate me every day okay so then when mofo opened, like i just saw a new restaurant new restaurant group and i was like all right here's my chance you know also you know trey and blake they get back from germany they're yeah they're two over chefs there. in august they traveled the world and, you knew trade and like they've been like crushing their resume and yeah. i've been like kind of just chilling waiting tables <laughs> <laughs> so it was like kind of one of those and nothing against the places i worked at it was just me personally i kind of stopped being motivated
0: yeah and it's there's something to be said about surrounding yourself with people who are motivated like, right. that rubs off oh yeah absolutely it yeah. rubs off um so was it was that the the unique selling proposition for mofo is that you had trey and blake there
1: oh yeah i mean they they definitely told me like hey you should come yeah. work here
0: and one thing we didn't get into i know you met trey um at culinary school right. um this is your first impression of trey what was it about trey from the early days that really like drew you to him.
1: Oh, uh, he's crazy. Crazy? What he's, do you mean he's crazy? Uh, he's hilarious. I don't know. He oh, uh, uh, he's just a funny guy. Yeah. So did you how did you guys meet? Oh, uh, we we started together. We're in the same class.
0: Okay. So you just drew, just that that fun guy yeah, yeah. attitude kinda of attracted you into him. Well, oh.
1: yeah, he's he's the kind of guy that will just be like wildly entertained by like mm. something so minute. Appreciation for life, right? right yeah. I love that. So
0: yeah. I don't blame you for wanting to be around that. I don't blame you for you know you wanted to change your scene to be around people who had drive who had motivation right. how do things change when you when you got closer to these guys
1: for closer you personally,
0: to, to who trey and uh blake
1: i mean i'd already known i we were all best friends for years i mean they had been gone to europe for about a year and a half but i mean
0: but working shoulder to shoulder with them did something change in you were you reinvigorated or
1: uh well not so much working with blake and trey but uh work working with mike and uh the Jeffs, the owners of MoFo. Okay. Like, actually meeting them, get to know them. What was it? Because they're very three very different people from each other, too, yeah. but they're all very good at what they do.
0: So, what was it about that experience, about these individuals that excited you? Dive into that.
1: I don't know. It was just, uh, I guess that was the first time I'd ever worked at a brand new restaurant. So, seeing seeing the hustle from three very unique yeah. people.
0: And just the energy, yeah. right? That's oh, yeah. just contagious. That passion. That oh, desire. Yeah. Um, can you paint that picture of what life was like during those early days? Like when did you come on board? I was there when they first opened the first day. Yeah. So what did you learn anything about opening a restaurant? Were you there to be a part of the opening? Uh, I was
1: not a part of the opening, but certainly, I mean, I was there when they opened. I was there like, you know, opening for training chefs and all that. But, uh,
0: what about lessons? I, on training? But it was
1: really just kind of like uh, you know, Trey was more of a managerial role when it first up. Trey and Blake and so, uh, and me and Trey were roommates at the time, so we would he would fill me in on different things and learning lessons. Okay. But then I, I eventually became a manager there. But okay,
0: so what what approach did they use? Um, were were Trey and Blake a part of the training early on, or was it mostly oh, yeah. the owners? What? Uh, and, oh, they they
1: were a part of the. The, the the back of house training, but okay. it was mostly the owners for. The front Did you pick of house. up
0: any lessons that you, you know, are leveraging to this day as far as the training people, bringing them on?
1: Uh, oh, as far as training, uh, well, we've actually been pretty fortunate here. The uh, the yeah. hires that we have here are all better than me <laughs> yeah there's something i want to talk so, about uh, there uh, i so well, I, I I'm, I'm literally the luckiest yeah. person in the restaurant industry i do, industry, for, I do i'm like surrounded by talent you always. guys only have like
0: seven or eight people working here so it's not like you've been oh less y- yeah exactly yeah. like so it's yeah. not like you have a training program and i'm sure that yeah. the majority of the people that are here have been here s- and yeah i mean from, they've like, all
1: the they've all been managers of other restaurants yeah. before and they 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 all know what they're doing. So let's
0: just uh, try to dissect your.
1: I'm the weakest employee here, but,
0: but you know I love that humility, man. I, and yes. I don't think that anybody. I think that humility is so powerful, and I'm, I'm sure more of that will come out. Uh, but reflecting back at your time at Mofo's, um, reflecting back on what they were doing that was so magic, yeah. Like from your perspective, like what, how did that, how did that imprint on you? What what things have stayed well, with you to this day?
1: Yeah, you know, one thing I had never seen at a restaurant before, uh, and this is you know, not an insult to them or anything, but it was like I'd never been at a restaurant so new that uh from first time restaurant owners where you're literally watching people you know you always have that thing of like uh uh oh well this is wrong let me tell so and so like it was like you were actually watching people like oh, if this doesn't get fixed by me now it's not gonna get fixed by anybody ever. Yeah. So it's just like that became extremely extremely true when uh, we opened Saint Germain. Of, there's you you don't tell anybody something's wrong. You just fix it.
0: Yeah. How do you create what's what's the culture to creating, or what's the secret to creating that kind of culture where people feel like they're empowered to do something about it, or they say, "Well, that's not my job." Like you know, like how do you get that culture of like if you see it, if it's not right, fix it.
1: Yeah. I, uh i think it's uh just the type of person that somebody is naturally i don't know yeah. but i i obviously you still have to like let them know like hey it's don't wait for my permission to yeah. do something just do it
0: i think you're right in both of those accounts right. where there is like i think dan Myers calls it a 51 percenter like do right. they have that that like that excellence reflex of like right. i can't walk past that piece of garbage on the Sure. like i see it i need to make it right some people have that or they don't but at the same time you also have to communicate and give people permission right to do what's right because sometimes people don't want to cross lines or that they they think it's not their responsibility right right
1: if they you know someone sees the lights are too bright do they just go up and dim them (laughs) or they just like wait until i come back and say hey i think the lights are too bright (laughs) right like yeah they are turn them down any other key lessons
0: from, from mofo like Big uh, impressions of things that they just did well that has stuck with so you? It's so
1: weird. It feels like everything feels like lifetimes ago. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it was, was just, a while ago. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But, but yeah, I mean, it was just literally just. It uh, also, like, I, I had become the general manager there when Maypop opened. So that was that was crazy because, like, literally no owners, no management of any kind that had existed. Of the original yeah that position. had existed at mofo was there when i became the gm well take us through so that I was literally just all of a sudden the gm and like boss man overnight yeah like, like oh no. shit but i think that <laughs> i was a bartender yesterday and now i'm like the only person here that kind of knows what's going on
0: well i think that there's some there's got to be some some value in this in the sense of like uh what was their approach to setting you up for success at that role? Uh,
1: I guess it's kind of complimentary that they didn't
0: complimentary, <laughs> yeah. that like they just didn't.
1: confident that I could just do it. Okay, because uh, I mean they were they were trying to open Maypop, so they were they they were there trying to make Maypop a thing. So so it was kind of uh well, Drew, you're gonna be here. Bye.
0: What's it one more time?
1: Uh, so, so it was more like, you know, they're like, all right, Drew, you got mofo or at least the front of house portion. We obviously I wouldn't run in the kitchen. Or anything, yeah.
0: But, but did it give you any like systems or processes. I mean, yeah. Or we had like? already
1: kind of developed it. So I mean, it was already kind
0: of there. Okay. So w- can you get into like a picture of like what? Like, w- okay, you're working. You're the general manager. So first weeks, some shit just hit the fan. Sure. Like, you know exactly what to do, right? Or did Ideally, you? Ideally, yeah, sure. So, what, like, <laughs> how did they set you up to know exactly what to do? I don't know. I don't remember. Was it just routine of doing Yeah, it so I many think times? it was just
1: like a routine of just being there for, I mean, I, you know, was kind of a key employee assistant manager for three years already. So, yeah. it wasn't like I was completely lost. Yeah. Just all of a sudden had no one to turn to
0: above me. I got you. Um, any experiences um, as the general And they were
1: always a phone call away it's yeah that's
0: like- true, um, but what was that transition like going from a bartender to a leader to like owning the front of the house like that 's your baby like was that a hard transition for you
1: uh, sure I mean like uh, I was, the one thing I was definitely not good at at all at that point was delegating okay <laughs> uh, just always wanted to have the thought of. I'm never going to ask someone to clean the window. I'm going to clean the window myself and prove that I'm willing to clean the window. <laughs> but then like, all of a sudden, it just gets too much.
0: I think there's a good balance of showing people that you're willing to do the work right. and that the work is not above you. I, I didn't balance that too well. So uh, eventually, you found the balance, right? Uh, still working on it what have you done to work on it? Like what, <laughs> like what's the evolution been?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not afraid to ask someone to do something anymore, but I'm still probably too willing to just do it myself instead of getting someone to do
0: It's part of the reason why you're not afraid to ask somebody to do it because you know, you're willing to do it and then and they know that you're willing to do it. I think maybe I'm just trying to convince myself I'm worthy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, any, so I, you, you were at MoFo, you were the general manager of MoFo. Um, I want to say Blake was your shifty cuisine at that time, right? Correct, yeah. What about your dynamic with front of house Well, and back not house? when I was
1: the general manager. No. Uh, Blake was, I had already left, left to go to Save Fr- yeah. yeah, San
0: Francisco, that's right. Yeah. Um, but what about that back of house, front of house camaraderie, that, that communication? Like, where do you shine? Like, what's the one thing that you think that, like, this is the thing that I'm fucking awesome at? Like, what is that thing for you?
1: Uh, I think that uh, a reason why they liked me there. And the reason why me, Blake, and Trey work well so so well together is that I do bridge a gap between the front of house and back of ah, house uh, okay. with some culinary experience. And, you know, uh, both both Mofo and, and St. Germain are very food-driven restaurants, like, you know, chef-run restaurants. So I think having someone that's part of the connection instead of a disconnection. Is. Why is it
0: important, important important, to have that connection?
1: I mean, if you have I mean, I've, I've worked at restaurants before that there, there very much was a lack of respect for the other side. I so, think you see it all the time. Yeah, so I mean, even if it's not necessarily a straight up positive, just not having the negative to where the front of house doesn't respect or Why? appreciate what they do is
0: a why, good thing, why is there that lack of respect? I don't, what's no, going on there?
1: I have no idea. I have no idea. It's um, like some sort of animosity or something
0: for is it go both ways
1: or is it just one oh, way Well, I think it goes both ways, depending on where you're at so i I, I think it might you. be like uh, uh animosity in terms of how much money the front of house makes versus how much. How hard they work <laughs> yeah how but, you can
0: walk walking yeah. off the street and be qualified to right, serve right, right. but it takes years of experience in the kitchen right. and skill so, i mean i, I mean i'm not I say it, it doesn't take skills to be a server because yeah. i'm i can't honestly like i can't remember like maybe three things beyond that like i start to forget shit. sure so like i'm not the best server out there i've tried it right um, so it takes a very special person to do serving well i i believe but in that art of bridging the gap and just, I think part of what your secret is, is because you have that experience. Sure. Um, some people would call it empathy, but it's not empathy. It's sympathy for you. Cause you know what it's like. Sure. You can literally re- relate and being that middleman to like, what's, what do those conversations? Like what, when, when you hear people talking shit about the backup house, how do you snuff that out? Or how would you have addressed that? It's pretty
1: bluntly. <laughs> yeah. Well, shut Give up. us an
0: example. Just shut up. <laughs> yeah.
1: I like, uh, you know, I've, I've been around people that complained about what family meal was. I'm like, well, you don't have to eat it. You can throw it in the trash and That's not just eat. Ungrateful. That's just, yeah. like, you don't have to eat it. Just go hungry. I don't care. Yeah, like, like, don't tell them. Don't act like you don't, you know, just say thank you for family meal. So somebody on. said
0: to, like, the people that were cooking family meal, like, this isn't good.
1: I don't know if they would walk up oh, to a person okay. that say, That's cooked and cooked it. No, they, yeah. I don't think they would do that, but it would just be like a, you know, you might have a, 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 a attitude towards, uh, you know, you walk into the, uh, someone tells you, all right, family meal is ready. You walk into the kitchen and you just, uh, you know, like make a sigh of what it is. You're like, hey.
0: Yeah, like just be happy for the free meal. Yeah, it's just a sustenance, eat brother. Eat before you yeah. get here. Yeah.
1: If you don't, if you're not going to be happy with it, just eat before you get here.
0: Yeah. Um, so I think that's huge. That idea of, of bridging uh, and just—I mean—communicating. Would you communicate to the front of the house? Would you, would you try to help them get it? Is that part of what's going on?
1: I'm a terrible communicator.
0: <laughs> uh, but thank you, you for you, having me on your podcast. You, by the way, I, I, dude, you're doing great. But I, I feel like um, there's more. I think that I think just talking to I'm you, a I lead
1: think, by example guy. I guess I, I think don't your know. humility. You no, know? I
0: think humility is a great tool. Uh, and I think people want to be around humble people. Sure, you know. Um, it. I feel like there might be more we can get out of you as far as it goes for, uh, like what that communication like when you maybe it was all just kind of like under the radar. You never really addressed it straight on as far sure. as how to get the front of house and the back of house to play nice. But right. what was
1: that? I mean, my thing is like you. You're know, like when I interview someone, it's so fake
0: because <laughs> i'm not
1: like interviewing your resume or your knowledge like i'm just like judging what type of person you are yeah like you know what i mean so it's, it's not, i'm not even asking questions about anything i'm just chatting with you yeah and i'll just decide like are you someone who i want to work with
0: and what would make you is it just the way that they present themselves that they're like a happy person like
1: yeah i mean uh uh you know if you could just tell someone has passion mm. like i mean talking about passion for food or service it's just like are you a passionate human being or How do you know
0: if somebody has passion? I don't yeah. know.
1: Like I feel like if you're showing up for a job interview, you want to not be dreadful. Yeah, that's <laughs> for I've seen. Right? It's like, oh uh, yeah, like all right, yeah, no thanks.
0: So it sounds like part of what you bring to the table is just that judge of character, like you sure. have that gut feeling. But it's hard to teach that. It's hard to explain to other people how to do that well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I uh, I mean, you can you could teach someone how to put a plate in front of somebody. Yeah. Or you can teach someone how to make a cocktail. It's but you not, can't
0: teach somebody how to give a fuck.
1: Making a cocktail is not hard. But, yeah. But making multiple cocktails for drunk assholes can yeah. be difficult.
0: Yeah. I feel you. I mean,
1: not that I'm a drunk asshole doing interviews and I see how they react. <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> uh, um,
1: but you can tell.
0: So were you at any other of... Um, th- I know you were at... You went straight from Mofo to opening this restaurant, right? Or uh, I
1: mean, I went straight from Mofo to not working at Mofo and spending some time putting together, putting together business plans and the thought behind Mofo. Uh, the, but I, I had I got a part time job bartending somewhere. Uh, but I mean, I left Mofo with the idea of we're going to try to open a place
0: you're talking about this place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's take our first break to thank our sponsors. And we'll be right back to talk about what opening this place was like. Yeah. Did you know toast is the number one most recommended POS on restaurant unstoppable? I'm sure it has something to do with the fact that more than two thirds of their employees have worked in the restaurant industry. And I'm feeling pretty confident that has something to do with their commission-free online ordering, which is a hot ticket right now, which lets guests easily order directly from restaurants for pickup or contactless delivery to keep revenue flowing during these uncertain times. They even have delivery services, which dispatches local drivers through an on-demand network to keep your community fed and revenue coming. Regardless of the reason why people are recommending Toast, I highly recommend you go check them out during this industry-wide pause to learn more, head to toasttab.com slash unstoppable. And because you are restaurant unstoppable listeners for a limited time, get one month of free POS software, three months of free digital ordering tools and 50% off implementation to ease the impact of COVID-19. This is a value of $1,000. One more time. That's toasttab.com dot com slash unstoppable you have to use that link to save one thousand dollars we're back and uh, we just got to the point where you you took some time away from mofo to to plan and to strategize opening this place sure um do you have any advice around what like what do you guys think you did right when when making your projections and putting your, your business plan together
1: I, we, we opened this place with the idea that we had talked about for years. So it was like we, we had kind of nailed everything down in our heads of exactly what it was going to look like, exactly what we were going to do, uh, and in the order that we were going to do it. Like St. Germain did not happen overnight. We like slowly opened, slowly released the menu. How and-
0: long before opening St. Germain in 2018 did the conversation of St. Germain happen?
1: Me and Trey met in two thousand eight,
0: and you knew from that point. that Me you Me and wanted Trey to go have been
1: talking about opening a restaurant together for over ten years. And, yeah. th-
0: and how much of
1: I mean, obviously, like we didn't talk about Saint Germain ten years yeah. ago, but but we've talked about what our restaurant would look like for a long time. How
0: much of those original conversations of what you envisioned is part of what Saint Germain is today?
1: Uh, I mean, it certainly led us down that path, but yeah, I mean, uh, it kind of weeded out over time of what we ended up not wanting to do. But I mean, the, the conversation I think was important the entire time. How did that
0: vision evolve over time? Oh, how did it change? Oh,
1: it's so crazy. But (laughs) I think
0: the, the, what I'm getting into right now is the significance of visioning as a practice.
1: Well, I mean, you know, you talk about a million different concepts and, and it has its waves and flows, but all of a sudden like St. Germain, like once we, we had like five things that we wanted to do, but it didn't seem to make sense in the same restaurant. And then we were just like, wait, why wouldn't it make sense? Why the not? Who just, says you can't just do that? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and but, like, it'll be weird and wacky, but it'll, why not?
0: Yeah. I probably quote Danny Meyer way too much in this podcast, Uh but like he, he talks about that idea of like, who says you can't, right. I don't know if that's exactly what he used, the, the terminology, sure. but it's like this idea of like, who says you can't fill in the blank, who says you can't do this. And, if no one's doing it, then that's I feel like all the more reason to do it sure. because it's a unique selling proposition, sure.
1: right? Like I think uh, uh, I don't know. It was one of those little uh, silly little meme quotes I saw on Instagram or something. It was like, uh, you know, being realistic is the quickest way to be
0: mediocre." Yeah, <laughs> it's like sure. Yeah, but I mean, at what point did the vision for Saint Germain? Align with what it actually is today.
1: So, uh, conversation. What me, Blake, and Trey were talking about before Blake went to Saison was one thing that was kind of like this, but not. And was this then before you or, oh yeah, this is this is still like year early this? on and uh, at Mofo. Uh, so this is probably like 2015. Okay, so so, so we had an years. idea of what we wanted to do then. And then Blake went to Cezanne and he's gone. So we're not really talking to him that much, even though he was still, you know, we were still talking about the three of us opening a place. And while he was gone, me and Trey kind of had like morphed the conversation a little bit to something different. How did it morph? Uh, just something slightly more fine dining. Okay. Like more uh, refined food and more refined everything.
0: Why, why was refined the answer? I, Did it just feel right?
1: I think we were just uh, afraid to say that before. We were trying to like be more casual about our concept, which was this, but just way more casual.
0: And this and, came out a little, with the food, at least. Yeah, and this came out a little bit with my conversation with Trey. And,
1: where- uh, so, Bill, the second Blake got back from Cezanne, he was like, "Hey, we need to talk about this concept. I think we need to do this." But like me and Trey were already talking about that, and like then they started talking like specifically about dish ideas. So you, and, so
0: you and, and Trey were talking about um, keeping it casual, uh, like the, the, the atmosphere, the, right. the vibe casual, right. but refining the menu. Well, I mean, the,
1: more, the conversation before was the food being more casual and approachable. and but then, then that, it was just like, screw it. Let's just do what we want to do.
0: And Blake was having the same sentiment right. that came over. So that reinforced what right. you guys wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. and. Just to kind of give the the listeners an idea we 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 uh point out the menu you guys do a, a five course tasting menu. you have this how many people fit in the space we're sitting at right now
1: uh well, we have twelve seats in here. We usually only have uh generally we only have eight of the seats sat at one time, so we seat four people per hour, so we yeah. do sixteen people a night
0: and dinner's ninety five dollars uh flat rate um so it's uh, a prefab yeah. T- kind of like a tasting menu. We're yeah. um, exactly a tasting menu. I don't know how sure. you guys yeah. what box you put it into, but um, the the idea I, I think that we were talking about before when we had the conversation with Trey was that you guys wanted to have a super approachable as far as culture and vibe. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But why, who says you can't mash that with super high end? Yeah. Fine I mean, dining? when
1: we first opened, uh, it was even more approachable than what it is, and we thought that like, all right, well. But then all of a sudden, we're like, hey, we only we only do sixteen people a night, certainly sixteen people in the city want to eat here and eat what we want to serve so when you said
0: when you started, it was even more approachable, meaning the food right. was more approachable
1: yeah yeah, okay. yeah. so what what we what, what not that it's still not approachable, I'm not saying that, but what were you
0: guys doing in in your attempts to make the menu more refined but to, to, to keep that casual like what was that just because nobody else was doing it like that like what was the draw to that
1: uh, i guess uh the big draw for the concept was you know you hear a lot of restaurant tours talk about opening a restaurant that they would want to eat at what's the place i want to eat at what's the place i want to hang out at but we i guess took it a little step further it's like what's the place i want to work at yeah <laughs> like that's huge though yeah it's like i don't want to wear a suit yeah <laughs> like so let's just do something super casual where i could just wear jeans and a t-shirt in the energy. and then we're then we're finally like well why can't i serve a fine dining Five course tasting menu wearing jeans and a t shirt. Who Why says not? I can't? Yeah. <laughs> like, I,
0: but you're going to appeal to so many yeah. more people, I think, by doing that. Right, Especially right, you right. see, like, New Orleans. New Orleans, like, keep on doing that, man. I'm going to get smacked on the streets. Can't call it New Orleans. Like,
1: people don't need to. I mean, in my opinion, at least in New Orleans, people don't need to see, I don't know, like, tuxedos to feel like they're getting a good meal.
0: Yeah. And I don't think people want to no, see tuxedos. I don't think so either. I, don't, so I like, never would want to go to that kind of restaurant. I've never been to a three star Michelin star, or even a one-star Michelin restaurant. Because yeah. I just feel like I don't want to go to a place like that. Sure, but why not be able to like deliver that in a way more casual? I mean, there's definitely right. a market for that for right, sure. Right. Um, what else were you guys visioning? What was your vision? You, you know, you kind of got into like how you wanted the food and the atmosphere sure. to be. Uh, to
1: well, I mean, uh, um, tray especially. Not that me and Blake didn't also enjoy it, but it was you know like let's. We're going to be a food destination, at least within the city. So it's like we can just kind of do whatever we want, like outside of that. So we, uh, well, we don't have to play anything safe at all. We can just do what we want. So it's like, well, let's go ahead and just do a 100% natural wine bar. Like, just do natural wines, that be it. And has that been
0: challenging? No. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, I mean, I'm saying that. I'm not the wine buyer. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, uh, But I feel like wine, like natural wine is. I hate the word trendy, but yeah, 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 yeah. It it's definitely becoming more forward for forward as far as like approachable in the sense that like there's more information out there now than there was right, five right, years right. ago.
1: But it was one of the scenes of like we had all these cookie cutter safe wines on our list when we first opened, thinking like, all right, well, let's at least have like this, you know, generic Chardonnay, yeah, this and like still be a natural wine, like made naturally and all that. But uh, yeah, let's have this Oregon Pinot on there. Like no one ever ordered it. Really? They're like, we want the weird stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, was, like, we can literally just do whatever we want. It's kind of fun.
0: What is the What is the magic in that? Being literally being able to do whatever you want.
1: I think the obvious thing, in my opinion, I don't know if it's necessarily magic in that. It's just realizing people don't want the same exact experience every single place they go to. Yeah. Like, they don't. But beyond like, that, uh, like
0: something you even alluded to earlier yeah. is like, what do we? what's the restaurant we would eat at but what's the restaurant we would work at sure and i feel like by by thinking like that by knowing being intentional with what you want to show up to like how much easier and this is i bet everybody who listens to this show knows knows what i'm about to say right now how much easier is it to show up to something that's an extension of who you are than than an extension of like something you're trying to be to show you know? up
1: is easy to hear Feedback, it's tough. Yeah, it's like personal.
0: So yeah, that that's a good. Yeah. Something is such an extension of who you are. It's like
1: our, our bartender Melanie that's in there right now. She's uh, she's from a place like she was a manager, and they 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 forced the managers to read all the. Online reviews every day and go over them with everybody. So every day I walk in here, she tells me like our new reviews. I'm like, stop talking to me. Well, that's a great. I don't like it's too personal for me. I don't want to know. But that's a great point. Like that's like getting caught up in your Twitter feed and like seeing like people.
0: I guess you're answering my question that I have. The question is basically, how do you find that? Like, how do you how do you not let it get personal? And what I'm hearing from you is you just don't give a fuck and you just don't pay attention to it. Like (laughs) the people that resonate who get are going to uh, get it, and that's what you focus on. And also, you I'm, make I'm here
1: literally every single night. Well, we're a small operation. I've, I literally talk to everybody that comes in the door. Like, even if it's just a simple hello, yeah. I, I say something to everybody that ever walks in here. So, if you have something negative to say on, say it to me, Yelp, it's like, dude, i i talked to you. Yeah.
0: Like, how, like, hold
1: is that? And you, it just goes to
0: show how transactional society is. Yeah, we
1: had a review the other day. Again, I didn't seek this out. She told me. What was uh, it? But, uh, it was, there was this couple, they ate in the dining room. They loved everything.
0: They Pull raved. that mic a little closer to your face.
1: Yeah, so they they loved everything. They raved about the food. And they left a review saying uh, everyone was really nice. Two stars.
0: I'm like what? Dude, it drives me bonkers. Yeah. Sometimes I read reviews. I mean, I would rather
1: it be that than the food was great, but everybody was an asshole. Yeah. But. I
0: I stopped reading reviews. I used to read reviews and do research on the restaurant to kind of get an idea of what people would say. Okay. And like you, the things that people will give a five star or like a three or two star review on are just absurd. Yeah. And I just don't think people realize how much that impacts your business. Like Yeah.
1: Well, I'm not so the worried about The server forgot that. my
0: name, two stars. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? Like
1: The impact of the business doesn't affect me that much because we don't need that many people to come in here anyway. Yeah. But it's just like I kind of take it personal.
0: So what is this?
1: Like, I, Which is stupid, so I don't even look at it.
0: Yeah. So... Man, I'm trying to figure like I'm trying to put my thumb like on the magic of this place. Like, sure. you, know, you guys have definitely gotten some I mean, looking around here, you got G Crew uh j sorry, G, GQ, yeah. um, Best New Restaurant. Yeah, right? so, uh twenty
1: nine twenty twenty uh uh best new restaurants in America. What
0: are some of the other nods you guys have gotten?
1: Uh so we've got uh uh Eater Nola's restaurant of the year in twenty nineteen. And uh we were on Southern Living Magazines. Uh, I think uh, I was number five on their best bars in the South. Um,
0: so I feel like the reason why I'm which pointing... Which is
1: awesome because that wasn't even like a new bars thing. It was like just bars that exist. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool that we got on their best bars in the South list. That's badass. Yeah. And,
0: and you know, the reason why I'm pointing this out is because I feel like a lot of people... And I'll preface this with, with saying the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything because I, I, sure, I, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's and so true. It's so true. Yeah. And, and like, I'm always trying to find, like it was it's always been the like kind of a, a passion of mine or a, a mission of mine to find the secrets and right. like, here's how you do it. And there isn't right. one, and, you know, yet there's just a bunch of different ways you can do it. And it's like whatever works right for you, you right. know. It's like it's like having a utility about and being able to call on any one of your tools at any given moment, right. given the situation, you know. Um, and, and like I think I, I'm sure there's a couple people that are shaking their heads the fact that you don't look at your reviews, you sure. know, like that you don't choose to respond to every comment. Sure. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, um, but you're doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Like to to get these types of nods, to get these types of accolades, like you're doing something right. Sure. And I kind of lean in your direction personally, because I feel like if you're, if you're there, if you're smiling and you're talking to everybody and they know you and you know them, like, that's the that's like the eighty twenty are Like that's the twenty percent of the people that are going to be eighty percent of your revenue. Right. It might be that one or two people that are just cuckoo, right, for cocoa puffs, and like sure. they just don't know anything, and they're just going to give you a bad rep. Yeah. What's going through your mind as I'm saying this? Uh, I don't know. Um,
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I just think it's fun because like, uh, uh I feel like people walk in here and it's like an obvious thing of. Well, hey, we we do things, you know, fun. We 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 have fun with the menu itself, uh, and and I think it's kind of a, a, a not even not just because it tastes good, as well balanced and executed properly. It's just like a fun dish for whatever reason. Where yeah. it's like, oh, like people just enjoy it because uh, it's not your your typical like, okay, this is pan roasted fish on this puree with this salad. Even though it might be delicious, it's just not the same thing, yeah. like just done in a different way every day, so I think uh I don't think people want the same thing everywhere they go, yeah, like that's I, fair I don't know it's like I think it's boring and I think most people agree.
0: Yeah, um, I will say this about. Hey, anyway, we're not like cocky
1: or arrogant about the food, no. like or style of That's service. That's last like, thing we we, we we don't deliver the food and say here's something you never had before. You're gonna be very impressed. It's just like, hey, this is what we wanted to do today. Yeah, I hope you enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> but, like, but there's
0: something about that sincerity yeah. and that that authenticity that I think resonates. It's real, you yeah. know. It's and not
1: here. Way. We're not here to prove anything. We're just here to do what we want to do. Yeah, but and I, I think, think people enjoy that. But I. I
0: I mean, I just think that's such a gift, man. And I think that and something we kind of alluded to in my interview with Trey is that there's three partners in this restaurant, and you have technically a fourth partner, which is a separate entity that is all of your investors, right? Right. Um, And I mean, you guys knew, you must have known early on you're going to have to sacrifice profit to make this work for everybody, right? Oh, absolutely. What did that conversation look like? How did you guys, why were you willing to give that up?
1: Oh, why well, were we willing to give up something to our investors yeah, or
0: whatever? Why were you willing to take less to make this work?
1: Um. Well, I mean, I don't think we're taking less than what we made before.
0: Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so, and now so, I I mean, you're doing it for yourself. Yeah.
1: Right? So it's like, uh, I mean, yeah, you don't make much money as a small restaurant owner, but you also don't make that much money as a sous chef at a restaurant or yeah, GM. Yeah. So this,
0: <laughs> you know, I feel you. Man.
1: It you know, it was. Uh, it's not like we left our, our corporate jobs on Wall Street. That's fair. <laughs> um,
0: but I, I feel like a lot of people will argue against partnerships because of the idea that you have to share the profit.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, but I I don't know. I think we all three had the same vision, and uh, we're all three able to share the burden as well.
0: Yeah. And um, are, would you say – like? it I mean, it it seems kind of obvious with you being the front of house person Mm -hmm. and then being more focused on the back of house. Um, What about like what what lanes do you guys fall into when it comes to like the things that aren't public facing, like accounting and marketing and management and stuff like that? Uh,
1: Yeah, there's definitely lanes we all stay in. So um, uh, uh, Blake, for instance, Blake is the kind of guy that likes to keep his head down and cook. Yeah. Like I'm here. My head's down. I'm cooking food. Okay. I'm going to create dishes and that's what I do. Uh, but Blake's also kind of the bulldog of the group. So if you need somebody to, you know, call the trash company because they didn't pick up our trash. Okay. It's like, hey, Blake, can you make this phone call for me?
0: He's he's like the, the yeah. muscle. Yeah, yeah, he's the okay. muscle. <laughs> uh,
1: we're, uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, B and Trey are, yeah, you know, the ones that communicate uh, as far as day to day on everything. Uh, not that Blake's not allowed to be involved. He just likes to just be in the kitchen and cook. Yeah. So uh yeah, we'll talk about nuts and bolts and um and, and anything that's you know uh, uh Trey handles all the invoices and and business side of the kitchen and I basically do everything else.
0: Okay. Um and what is everything else?
1: Um I don't know. I'm still learning.
0: <laughs>
1: I love your humility, man. Uh, but I mean, there must have I'm been. Still figuring that. Like out. if
0: I'm if I'm if, if you're if, if Trey's sitting in your seat right now, right. and I'm like Trey, tell me about Drew. Why is why was Drew a necessary leg to this tripod? Sure. Like, what would he say about you? I don't know. I don't know. Do we need to call him out here right <laughs> now and get him back on the mic? Oh, uh, I'm
1: sure. No. I mean, I I, I handle. Uh, you know, I help. I help put everything, you know, the, 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 muscle to the road, I guess. So okay. the, you know, like, you know, I have a badass bartender and, and, and sommelier that, you know, puts together the ideas and lists of everything, but I help bring it out, you know, like, or tell them what, Hey, what's missing here is something like this. Find it, do it. Yeah. Uh, but then the, you know, the, as far as business side of things, I'll just try to keep track. like call our attorney be like hey am I forgetting something (laughs) 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 call the accountant hey do you we're still good right am I screwing anything up here taxes been filed we're not we're not not out of business yet are we we're good oh we're good okay cool sweet so it's mostly just like I don't know figuring it out yeah Uh, I mean which is awesome like I'm happy to say that because anybody listening afraid of that, just do it and figure it out.
0: But, but you know, I, again, I got to bring the attention back to your humility because from as soon as we walked into that front door for our first interview with Trey mm-hmm. and you introduce yourself, you're like, ah, you know, I just kind of hang out, you are know, like <laughs> I'm, uh, but there's obviously there's more to you than that because you're, they, they made you a partner they, you had to bring something special to the table. I don't know. But at the same time, you're also willing to give the credit to all of your team. And I think that that in itself is a sign of a leader, of, of a right. sign of somebody who's like, I wouldn't like. I'm just lucky to have these people. Seriously, and like, that is <laughs> like, but that, but, but, it's so real, man. Because right. like, you're saying it, and you're not just bullshitting. You're not just like, oh, like I want to be here for it. And you're like, you're not just like, they're not the canned answers. Right. Like you fucking believe that the shit. Like, and you're. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. you, you know what you got. Sure. And you well, I mean, realize that these... Like you've said, like, like these people are so much better at... Like, why would I pick the wine list when she's just so much better than I am right. at that? Like, why would I design the cocktail when right. he's just a baller? Like, you, you have no fucking ego, man. Yeah. And I think that's a great <laughs> thing. I think that's a great lesson to learn.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, good <laughs> thank you <laughs> I don't know I'm not gonna say it for uh, you but
0: like but no I mean uh,
1: seriously I feel like I'm one of the luckiest people in the restaurant industry because Trey and Blake are legitimate badasses and I happen to be friends with them
0: yeah but uh, there's more to it and then, I don't know maybe this hasn't that you, you know I
1: am also a front of house guy they don't want to have anything to do with front of house we've always been friends so they're like oh well let's bring Drew in he'll be the front of house guy yeah and then like I'm, you know shit in my pants like figuring out how I'm gonna put together the wine list and cocktail menu turns out badasses want to work here yeah and so they i let them do it
0: why do you think badasses want to work here i don't know uh i don't know
1: i don't know but they do well Well, i don't know if a lot of them do but all we needed was three (laughs) (laughs) and three badasses wanted to work here so i'm not saying we had a long list and we have a wait list of people trying to get in here, but the the people that applied are Really good. At what yeah. They do.
0: The only other thing I want to talk about before we move to the speed round is this: like sure. the um, the economics of having, I think, seven or six people sure. on your team and three of them being um, owners. Right. Um, what like what are the, the pros and cons to that? Like, get into it.
1: Uh, I mean, the the cons are figuring out how we can maximize
0: everything without needing more. employees the cons are how do we maximize everything if if we
1: happen to get a lot of reservations a lot of people you know if we get a phone call of a group of 50 that wants to come party in the backyard are we able to pull this off with the staff we have versus but there's the thing is is like uh i don't know it's like uh you're part of part of deciding to have a small place uh came from you know P&L meetings at the the Mofo group of of seeing slow months of the year but how much staff you need for that so we were like well how do you do a how do you how do you do a restaurant where you have a tiny staff where you're still able to pay them when you're dead
0: how do you do that i don't know you're doing it though aren't you, you yeah you're... but yeah
1: yeah yeah it's working out okay but, i mean it was tough when we first opened though because uh we actually assumed we were going to be much busier uh, when we first opened yeah so then it was like paying people without us really having the money to pay them because we are all right well next week we're going to start getting busy ne- when okay, did it start week. to happen uh I mean, it was a gradual thing I mean, it, It didn't happen overnight, but yeah, I mean, so like all of a sudden, like, all right, we gotta let some people go. Unfortunately, oh really? And then it was scary because, well, what if we do get busy next week?
0: Yeah. So, (laughs) Uh, did you actually have to let people go? Sure. Yeah, that was rough. How that conversation? Uh, Well,
1: actually, most of them uh, left on their own. Okay. Uh, Just they could see like, hey, someone's probably going not last here much longer. I've got an opportunity to pick up more shifts at the other job I have, so I'll just do that. Yeah. So actually, most of them kind of left on their own. Okay. So it made it easier, easier yeah. for
0: sure when did things really start to gear up for you guys uh it was probably
1: probably like late fall late fall like basically uh, base like a year after we opened 18? like it was like a year after we opened before okay. it really started to, uh i mean like we were doing fine but it wasn't until like late fall where we really started to get busy
0: what changed was it just was it just the fact that more and more people were discovering you and it was right, the, right. the repeat yeah so what's the secret to getting a repeat guest?
1: I, don't know, I think uh, I mean people always talk about good food, but I I, I mean I'm a front of house guy. I I, yeah. think, it, I think it's hospitality. <laughs>
0: I'm right there with you, man. I, I would take. Um, I mean,
1: I'm real proud of the work Trey and Blake do, but let's be real, <laughs> it's a front of house game.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that, that brings same. people back. They, they don't bring, bring people in the first time, but they bring people back. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's that's where you make your money is with your repeat. Yeah. I would take uh, a like across the boards a a ta- like um what am I trying to say like. An A team like the like the best like sure. front of house staff friendly people yeah. awesome just like hospitality driven people uh, I would take that with like a on a scale from 1 to 10 like a 7.5 back of house sure with that amazing front of house because as long as the food's good and good sure you know yeah but you have an incredible like intimate like relationship with sure. your guests like that's so valuable.
1: I agree. Oh, and actually to go back and maybe uh, have a better answer for what you asked before, the pros and cons to a small staff is uh, one con to that actually is there's no entry level position. Mm. Like we would love to have like an entry level position, like where we can like kind of coach somebody up and like mold them and we don't have it. Yeah, Like you say, no, I need you to be a badass right now. I need you to be a really good bartender and a really good server immediately yeah that's and there's uh it's unfortunate but that's just what it is because there's only a few of us
0: so if you guys are hanging out in new orleans and you um, but the great thing about that
1: is (laughs) once we have it we have no weak links yeah so that's the awesome thing is like once you have the staff you need there's nobody that's weak
0: i mean i i think it's a hard thing to achieve and i think in order to achieve that it takes having all stars to start with that attract onto yourself sure. because like you you birds of the f- same feather flock together. So when sure. you have like Trey and Blake back back, back there who have um this in yourself that have like this reputation that you've tied your brands to so much other successful brands and you have your network too. Uh, like you know like I'm sure working in the front of a house for restaurants like Mofo and um May, Maypop 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 yeah um like that's your network. Right. You know, that's what you're bringing on to your Right, right, right. Um, Did you get to bring anybody with you guys, or was it just the three of you?
1: Oh, it was in, like, uh, employees? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, when we first opened, uh, there was a a girl and a guy. They were actually a couple. Yeah. Uh, I think they're married now. But uh, they came on when we first opened. They were, like, our first front of house and back of house hire. Uh, But they they don't live in New Orleans anymore. They moved to Virginia, I think, uh, last summer. Gotcha. So they were our first hires, but... um, but yeah, they, they, we have worked with them previously. Great.
0: Um, anything we have not discussed up to this point that you want to get out? Uh, uh, no. You? <laughs> no. Man, the only question <laughs> I'm going to ask you before sure. we go on. Actually, I should ask you, uh, what's your plan for the future, given everything that's going on in the world today? Um, oh. Not so much talking about how you guys evolved to deal with sure. it, but like, how are you planning on doing business different as a result of what's happened? Uh,
1: well, at St. Germain is not a whole lot of doing things different because we've always kind of operated at like 40% capacity. Yeah. So uh, as far as future projects, I have no idea. Just, I don't know, just hoping everything's
0: still here. <laughs> I feel you, man. Uh, All right, the only other question I have for you is the mission statement for Restaurant Stoppable is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. So how have you transformed Over uh, your career since 2008, uh, taking this head on?
1: Oh, since 2008? Or since opening? Oh, that was a different human being back then. (laughs) Like, that was a long time ago. I don't know. Um, I think just, uh, uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Think about it. Yeah.
0: We can always edit this. (laughs) Sure. Probably needs to happen. You're doing great, man. Yeah. Uh, that was but, fun. But as a professional, though, really, yeah. though, like, how have you transformed? How How are you better today as an individual and as a leader than you were before opening this place?
1: I, I, oh, I, I would say uh, just since 2008, just being able to recognize, like, especially as a bartender, or like, you know, we being a bar basically is, is not, like, bartending is not, a hard job to do in terms of making drinks but in terms of dealing with human beings mm. so it's it's one of those things of like uh the best bartenders don't make the best well yeah they do make the best drinks but everybody knows how to make a drink it's not hard there's a recipe <laughs> for that yeah. yeah it's like it's not hard uh and they're all same ratios just over it's like four different ratios you have to memorize and just know which drink goes what. anyway uh but the hard part is like making sure people are enjoying themselves and knowing what to do to maximize that.
0: And how do you do that? Well, It's it, not going to be an easy answer. Sure. Basically.
1: In terms of like, okay, like I'm behind the bar just during happy hour. We're not busy. And there's two. I'm trying to set up my bar too. I'm not even like fully set up yet. And there's two single diners on opposite side of the bar. And each one of them are trying to have a conversation with me. Why don't I just introduce these two human beings? Yeah. And now they're having a great conversation with each other. And leaving me alone so I can just like set up but my that's bar. But that's
0: like a human.
1: Or like, doing the opposite of that of this person won't leave this person alone, but I'm not going to go talk to this girl that. Because this guy is, you know, I'm not going to block him and talk to her. I'm actually just going to entertain this guy
0: and distract him so yeah. she can be she's, left alone.
1: She's trying to like have. It's just caring a about people with her girlfriend. Social
0: intelligence, picking yeah. up on cues and realizing right. like that's not. I wouldn't you want, want, be you that, want that
1: dude to still have a good time, so yeah. until you just need to get rid of him, but instead of like trying to talk to the two girls that are there and say, "Hey, man, like get out of here, it's like, no, just entertain him,
0: so what I'm hearing from you is being aware, right, just being aware in and absorbing what's <laughs> and happening around
1: well also it's like get out of the get out, get out of your own way, yeah. like before it was like being aware but arrogantly trying to be the center of attention but no, give the attention to the people at the bar that want it. Yeah, I
0: and, love it, man. Get Great. out of their way. Great advice. Awesome stuff. We're going to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to bust out a true speed round. What's up, Unstoppable? So I'm using my own ad space right now to create awareness about restaurants, Unstoppable Network. So one of the biggest lessons I learned in the past two years driving all around the nation is that nothing's worth doing if you're doing it alone. I was meeting so many people, uh, really just incredible people, and my network has never been bigger. But I was doing it alone in the sense that I didn't have somebody there with me. I was meeting so many people, but just being so transient in, the, in, the, in the, the the nature of the work I was doing and basically the biggest lesson I learned how I wanted to change what I learned about myself is that I can't be alone that if I'm going to do Restaurant Unstoppable I want to do it with a bunch of other people and and if and if I'm going to do it with other people I want them to be people that know like and trust what I'm trying to do so that for me is the you know the top 20% of my listeners the, the top 20% uh, of the fans of Restaurant Unstoppable and I want to focus on those relationships and, I, and instead of Going out and finding new guests, which I will continue to do. But I'm going to take a portion of that energy and to go back and connect with the old guests that were on the show who had the biggest impact and and to develop those relationships even more. And I feel like that was was probably the biggest thing missing in my life over the past couple years is just a sense of quality relationships. So uh, going forward into 2020, Restaurant Unstoppable is going to invest in the relationships with our our most loyal listeners. So that's you listening to this right now. If you want to connect with me on a whole new level, uh, get at least Two hours a week with me, uh, with a book club and office hours, and we're also going to be hosting weekly workshops with the experts that I've I've highlighted in my. 700 plus interviews, the people that if I was opening a restaurant tomorrow, these are the people I would go to for their their help and their advice, and we're going to be going deep into their specialized areas, uh, and I want to bring you guys with me. You're literally going to be on the show with me at Restaurant Unstoppable. These workshops, these interviews are going to be live, and then you get to ask your questions. You get to be a part of the conversation. So if this is something that sounds interesting to you, if you want to you know, engage with restaurant unstoppable, my guests and my experts on a whole new level. And with me on a whole new level up right now, head over to restaurant unstoppable network.com. And for a dollar a day, um, we can, you know, hold you accountable. We can introduce you to all the other restaurant unstoppable listeners, and we can take this thing to the next level. What are you waiting for? Head over to restaurant unstoppable com and start being a part of the change. All right. 10 questions one word to one sentence per question you ready for this no okay, okay. <laughs> all right we're back and the first question i have for you is what is your it's factor a habit a trait a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success <laughs> <laughs> no. the last question you ever want to ask a humble person yeah. i'll tell you what it is humility man humility. i'll put it out there for you humility what is your biggest weakness
1: um I have no idea. That's probably a weakness right there.
0: <laughs> you're a blast, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is one question you ask or thing you look for when you're uh, growing your team? I know you got an answer. for. Oh, this say point. that again. I'm sorry. What is one question you ask or thing you look for when you're growing your team?
1: Sure. Um, uh, teamwork. Okay, I I so you're looking That's, for teamwork. I don't know. That's the terrible answer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, what is one uh, your, your biggest self motivation? I, I love <laughs> people that are just self motivated. How do you know they're self You just like they have goals. They have yeah, dreams? I mean you could
1: tell they they knock down the door when they come in for the interview. I
0: love it. Yeah, awesome. Uh, what is your biggest challenge today? COVID. <laughs> how, how are you overcoming it? Uh, Masks. Yeah, and stuff. <laughs> Share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team—a way to be, a way to act. Humble—I love it. What is one uncommon standard of service you teach your team? So this is a, a way that you go above and beyond to sh- you know to care for your guests. It's common within the four walls of your business, but not throughout the industry.
1: Well, you quoted Danny Meyer earlier. One thing I love Danny Meyer says is. Recognizing an opportunity for hospitality. Recognizing an yeah. opportunity
0: for hospitality. What do you, so? How do you recognize that?
1: And looking at something as you think is going to be a problem, but no, this is a chance for me to go and above and beyond.
0: Writing the end of the story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Like shit's going to hit the fan, yeah. and you can choose to focus on that, or you can choose on making it right. Yeah. And, or
1: like uh, you know, if you have a couple come in, they they don't drink, and you just. For no good reason, really, like in, in terms of profitability. But, oh, you're just good with water because you don't drink alcohol. All right. Well, we're going to hit you with. I'm going to get my bartender to like make badass pairing mocktails
0: for you. There you go. And was, we're going to crush yeah, it. That's awesome. Um, what is one book that's a must read to make us a better person or restaurant operator?
1: Uh, one of my new favorite books is uh, Hungry. Hungry. Yeah. Jeff Gordon What's it about? Uh, basically, it's about uh, uh, Rene Redzepi. Okay. It's really cool.
0: What's the biggest lesson so far? What's the big takeaway you've taken from that book? Oh, um, oh
1: I'm trying to remember the exact, story, exact quote he used uh, in quoting Rene Redzepi. But uh, he said something along the lines of, uh, yeah, they're, they're at the new site for NOMA. And like you know, it's just like a parking lot and graffiti everywhere. And this will be the new place for NOMA. And he said, uh, "Why would you do that? You already have the number one restaurant in the world. Why tear it down and rebuild it here?" And said he wrote like in the dirt, <laughs> like uh, like the number like uh, uh, zero zero. Oh or, or, uh, God, what did he say? I'm screwing this all up. <laughs> You're fine. Oh uh, God. But uh, uh, he wrote he wrote a number in the in the sand. He's like uh, like the number. It was like. I can't remember what he what he wrote or whatever, but uh, he basically just said, like, I'm not playing a decades game. I'm playing a, a century game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think he meant by that? The long game? Yeah. I mean,
1: just not doing some. Okay. Like, yeah, I could have a number one restaurant in the world for 10 years, but I want to have the number one restaurant in the world after I'm dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I love, I love it mentality. I love it. What is one thing you feel restaurateurs don't do well yeah. enough or often enough? I don't know. I think,
1: I think, uh, maybe it's just that, that mentorship mentality.
0: Mm. I 100% agree.
1: Kind of sucks for us because like I said, we don't even have like entry level positions. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I, I'm tempted to go here because we kind of talked about it at the beginning of the interview, but you guys have a dream to (laughs) to create something that we have exactly that. We're
1: not there yet, but we're, we have a dream and we're gaining some traction on putting it together. Uh, but yeah, we're trying to start a foundation, uh, mentorship, scholarship fund foundation to yeah. to be able to
0: do that. I love it. Um, what is one service you've hired or outsourced? So this is a person uh, or a group of people who do a thing better than you guys that you go to for a service. Accounting. Um, oh, things like that lawyer sure. or like yeah
1: oh yeah i mean obviously attorney accountant uh we're lucky uh so our gardener slash accountant is my mother
0: your gardener <laughs> and accountant two yeah. birds one stone I'll so it.
1: she she comes down to new orleans about once a month and picks up all of our receipts and works in the garden so that's, that's oh, <laughs> Shut, she, she does not get paid shout out to mom <laughs> she, she just enjoys what she does for we, her son we
0: appreciate you yeah. mom uh what is one technology you've outsourced to Something that's improved communication. Sure. uh, Uh, Oh, one
1: thing that was a game changer is when we switched our reservation systems. Okay. What are you using? Uh, We're using Resi. What were you using before? Open Table. Why was it a game changer? Uh, Well, a big thing for us, uh, uh, unfortunately, is uh, because we do so few reservations, if someone cancels or no-shows last second, like not trying to be greedy about it, but it kind of really screws us. Yeah. Yeah. so, uh, being able to charge someone for not showing up and, do okay.
0: uh, you charge them full price for not showing up?
1: No. Okay. No, we, we basically just kind of factored in of, uh, know. Uh, I, I say we came up with our algorithm for it, but that sounds kind of, we just actually blindly set a number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to take more credit than we deserve. Dude, I
0: love the honesty, man. I really <laughs> like, do. Uh, so this is the last question. It's no. going to be a doozy. So we'll get through it together. Okay. Are you ready for it? No. <laughs> if you got the news, you'd be leaving this world. Okay. Tomorrow. All the memories of you like with Elon Musk to Mars, no. wherever. <laughs> but okay. here's the thing. You're going anywhere. Um, but if you leave all the memories of you, your work in your restaurants, leave with you. Okay. You can leave three pieces of wisdom behind for the good of humanity and for your legacy, what were the three pieces of wisdom you'd want to tie your legacy to? This <laughs> is whatever comes to your mind. man. the first thing that comes to your mind, I have, no idea. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have
1: nothing to offer this world. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. I, noticed, even, dude, I can come up with three up.
0: just even talking to you. I think the first one is be humble. Sure. Yeah. You know? Um, Second one is sh- show up to something that you want to show up to. Sure. Absolutely. You know, like this is your life. That's two. Give me one more, man. You've got <laughs> I one have to you. do the rest. Right. Give <laughs> me one more.
1: <laughs> You're like my mom like, doing <laughs> our accounting. Like, All right. I did 90% of the work. Can you just do this? <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah. Be humble. Uh, show up to
0: something you want damn. to show up to. Create something you want sure. to show to be a part of
1: what's sure. number three um, I don't know just um, <laughs> I don't know I have no idea. I've Switch the Resi
0: one. POS. Yeah. <laughs> or reservations. Uh, oh, God. I hate
1: POS companies, by the way.
0: Yeah. Uh, do we want to open that can of worms? That was the last question. No. You, okay. I'm sorry. I don't no, know what you're doing <laughs> You're doing awesome, dude. That's why I said, I'm having like, fun. You That's all that matters. Assembly. I'm, I'm having answers for things. <laughs> no, dude, you're a badass. So um, we, wrap up, we wrap up every chat by calling somebody out. That's how I found you guys. Okay. Um, who do you respect? an admire in this industry and would listen to the episode if if it was playing tomorrow sure who's that person you'd want to listen to
1: um like in the new orleans area or just in general anywhere gotcha
0: but we'll take new orleans we're here now
1: sure um i I would say adolfo garcia
0: adolfo did i say that correctly yeah
1: adolfo garcia all right who's cool guy where's he at uh so he owns a couple restaurants he's he's been in the uh business for a while but uh he's got uh um uh La Boca and hi-hat but he's owned quite a few restaurants
0: old Daffa, look out we're coming after you i'd love yeah, to get you on the show yeah, he's and, a
1: great guy because he's like a you know he does a good job but like that guy every single meal he ever eats is supporting a restaurant that's cool like he's Everywhere I go, I see him there eating.
0: I can't wait until I get to But the funny way. thing is, is every
1: time I go eat at one of his restaurants, he's there. Like, <laughs>
0: How's he do it? I, I don't he's know how. He, he's
1: like everywhere. <laughs> like crazy. just supporting himself, like working hard, and then also just dining out every single meal. It's I It's crazy.
0: It. Uh, and if we want to come, maybe join your team. Maybe we're high-functioning professional, and we love what we heard as far as the culture. And that's one thing that really did come out in today's conversation. Sure. Is that you're just... a. Fun guy to kind of hang out with and casual guy to Thanks. be around. So like, if if we we resonated with your energy, your vibe, and we want to come work with you sure. and shine because we know yeah. that you have no problem getting the fuck out of the way when 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 somebody's shining, right? right? Right, right. Like, what's the best way to connect? Like to try to work here or just to to come eat here?
1: Oh yeah, uh, just call. Website? Yeah, our uh, Instagram's easy.
0: Isn't it St. Germain? Is the hyphen in there, too?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no, just the lettering. So the uh, uh, St. Germain, uh, Nola.com, and then the, the Instagram's the same thing, St. Germain Nola. Awesome.
0: Drew, thank you so much, man, for taking <laughs> the time uh, to come on the show. I was in here yesterday interviewing Trey, and I was like, you're going to come on the show, too. And you're like, are you sure? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah. And we did it, man. Thank you for entertaining me. Yeah, absolutely. I had a thank blast you. talking to you. Absolutely. Um, and there is no questioning, my friend. You are unstoppable (laughs) (laughs) cheers awesome job man well there we go another episode wrapped up here at restaurant unstoppable i think after listening to that you probably see what i was talking about drew is just a lot of fun and he's so humble and there's a lot of great nuggets in today's chat And i think the biggest takeaway for me is this mentality of who says you can't do anything X, whatever that might be. And I love this idea of not showing up to a job, but showing up to an extension of who you are, something that is a reflection of your values and your your character and your brand. And it sounds like that's exactly what they're doing at St. Germain. And they said, you know, they didn't ask what kind of employer do we want to be? for our our employees, but they said, if I was working here, what kind of place would I want to work at? And I think that's a question we can all ask ourselves, and to really take that perspective of our employee and try to create that culture, that environment that is going to attract onto ourselves the highest quality people. So really great stuff uh, coming out of today's conversation. Again, thank you so much, Drew DeLauder, for coming on the show. And uh, I love your humility, man. And and I think the other big takeaway is this idea of... um, you know, you said when you're interviewing people, you're just trying to figure out if they would be somebody you would enjoy their company. And I, I can say this, that you are a great company, man. I really enjoyed talking to you. I love your energy. And there's no there's no wonder why uh, your partners have so much trust in you. So, great stuff. Uh, before I let you go, I want to remind you that Restaurant Unstoppable is evolving to Restaurant Unstoppable Network. The aim of this network is to help good people connect with good people. And 700 and Almost 750 interviews with some of the most successful restaurateurs across the nation. I've gotten a pretty good idea of what it takes to be successful in this industry, and I know... pretty good amount of people that can help you get there. So the idea of Restaurant Unstoppable Network is to connect whether you're just opening your first restaurant or you've been in the business for a while and you're scaling, to help you connect with more people like you that have these these values who want to be a part of the, the transformation, the change of our industry. I want to bring us all together. I want to help you guys connect with my, my network of past guests and my network of experts and people that can help you take your business to the next level. I mean, there's a lot out there. It can be overwhelming but in 750 plus connections, in almost 750 plus interviews, I've, I've got a really good idea of what's out there and who can help you bring your business to the next level. So let me expedite that for you. Be a part of the community. All right, guys, that's it. Until next time, peace out.